This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it's Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, a channel which features podcast series on a variety of subjects. We've got shows and series on mental health, football, films, TV, wrestling, music, and much more, including a brand new series on serial killers. We've new guests each week. We have had footballers, doctors, medical professionals, journalists, podcasters, authors, among others. Uh, Over the coming months, we've got fascinating shows coming up with a horse racing blogger an awards women winning film composer who has got a single coming out an actress uh, another footballer as well as shows on bipolar did and anxiety disorders among many other shows we've also obviously got the weekly shows with conspiracy theories fortnightly shows on serial killers and our monthly films and tv podcast uh, so please check them out spread the word as we speak on a wide range of subjects to her and we just like to hear different stories different views of various people in various professions uh today's episode is the ninth in our series on conspiracy theories and is one of the biggest conspiracy theories in history and potentially if the truth ever comes out will have the biggest impact worldwide uh we will have a, we will discuss various theories and evidence as we try to understand what really happened on that fateful day, 11th of September, 2001. So uh, to join me as we go down this rabbit hole of paranoia and secrecy is my co-host, Reese. Welcome, Reese. Thank you for joining me, buddy. Hello, Sai. Hello, everyone else. Nice to be back again. Yeah, this is the one. This is the one we've been waiting for, mate. I know I have. I uh, I've ranted on this several times on social media as well. So like, I know what's coming or before it's coming. Um, so we'll do the usual disclaimer stick, just so people don't uh, take anything we say the wrong way. Obviously, it's lighthearted. We're just discussing various different and interesting things. Sometimes they get a bit wild. 
like the last couple of weeks we've done uh, we did like the Anunnaki and David Icke and lizard shapeshifters and last week we were talking about celebrity cloning and fake Paul McCartney's and stuff so it can get a bit wild but uh, you know we don't mean any offence by it to anyone who's been affected by these uh, conspiracy theories but some of them some of them we believe have got a bit of a uh, bit of truth to them shall we say maybe today's the day uh, so before we head down the terrifying and weird road to conspiracy theories uh, we want to point out that just because we discuss a particular theory does not believe does not mean that we believe it to be true agree with the point of view or in any way think that that's how it went down we are simply going to discuss popular theories and the evidence presented by the people who champion them so that's that bit out the way look everyone remembers where they were when uh, like where either when the planes hit the twin towers or when they heard about it like i was working in a sports shop in cardiff at the time and um, it was like you come on the radio and you couldn't stop listening to it it was just constant and then in the evening i got off the train popped in the local pub God rest her soul, she's gone now. <sighs> Don't want to talk about that, it depressed me. And uh, we went in for a pint as normal after work. And uh, but there wasn't much chatting being done, really. It was, uh, we were just all watching the news, replaying, obviously, those clips and discussing what had gone on. And Like, where were you, mate, when, uh, when you found out or when it happened? I was living in Ibiza at the time, mate. <coughs> and... I'd pretty much been in bed, sleeping the whole day, ready to go to work in the night. I remember walking into the West End, which was like the busiest street in Ibiza. It was about half nine, ten o'clock at night, and it was just eerily quiet. All the clubs had their music turned off, everything, and everyone was watching telly. And I walked into one of the bars, and I went, and I remember going to my mate, well, what film are we watching? I haven't seen this before. And he went, mate, this, this ain't no film. He went, this is happening today. And I just remember, like, I couldn't believe it. It was total, utter shock. The whole world was in shock with it. But now, terrorism is the norm. You hear of a terrorist attack and people are like, oh, again? The whole world was in shock with 9-11. It was, it was just unbelievable. And especially oh, yeah, for it to happen to America, probably the most defensively minded country on the planet. Yeah, and I think these days we're all just numb to it because you've seen so many around the world constantly that it's just not a shock. It's just, oh, there's another one. There's another one. Yeah. Which, you know, I've got, my own, like I've, got, I've got my own, uh, my own views on that as well in that I believe that we're intentionally none to such things. But that's another another story. Um, so let's go, like the official, official story is, uh, so the September 11 attacks, also referred to as 9-11, obviously, were a series of four coordinated terrorist attacks by an Islamic terrorist group, Al-Qaeda, against the United States, September the 11th, 2001. Uh, the attacks killed 2,996 people, 
injured over 6,000 and caused at least 10 billion worth of uh, infrastructure and property damage. Additional people died of 9-11 related cancer and respira respiratory diseases in the months and years following the attacks. I'll come back to that bit later on with uh, something which I was, well, not recently, but I've been researching over the last year or so. Um, and I believe that there's a reason that there was so much dust. Um, so four, four passenger airliners operated by the two major US passenger carriers, United Airlines and American Airlines, all of which departed from airports in the northeast of America, and they were bound for San Francisco and Los Angeles, hijacked by 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists. Two of the planes, Flight 11 and United Airlines Flight 175, were crashed into the north and south towers, respectively, of the World Trade Center complex in Manhattan. Um, within an hour and 42 minutes, both the 110-story towers collapsed, debris and the resulting fires caused the partial and complete collapse of other buildings in the complex. Okay, that's... Uh, that's that's the reason that that building went down. Don't forget that now. Uh, a third plane, uh, Flight 77, was crashed into the Pentagon. Plane crashed into the Pentagon, Reese. okay? Don't forget that either. Uh, <laughs> fourth plane, getting ahead of myself already. You can feel me like I'm ramping up for a, the, uh, the fourth plane, Flight 93, was initially flown towards Washington, D.C., but crashed into, the into a field in Stony Creek Township near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, after the passengers thwarted the hijackers in 9-11, uh, which was the single deadliest terrorist attack in human history. Uh, and that last plane, the one that was because the, the people... Uh, Thwart, you know, the passengers thwarted it. This so says the official story. Okay, so that's the official story. Um, and within like not very long, probably less than an hour of these things happening, uh, all the news uh, companies, whatever you want to call them, news stations, they all knew exactly who had done it. They all had Bin Laden's name because, you know, you don't need things like investigations and as such. So, yeah. Okay, so before we go into the, the bits and bobs of it, and I go off on my tangents and rants, what part of the official story do you believe? Um. There was an incident in America. <laughs> um, Involved planes. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, something happened in America. Well, That's about the only bit of the story I believe, mate. Yeah, I just, I've got real issues with load of it, mate. And it bothers me. I think it bothers me so much. Because I saw someone, um, like a big Twitter account, when last September, around September 11th, they did like a poll where people can click yes or no, and it doesn't track like who said yes and who said no. 
it just counts the numbers. Yeah. And he said, do people actually believe the official story? And it was something, it was like 90% no. And I was like, if so many people believe that it's bullshit, why do we all, like, why do people around the world, why are they not trying to push the government to come clean or to, for an independent you know, investigation to find out what happened? Because, let's face it, the NIST investigation afterwards was bullshit they didn't speak yeah. to a lot of people it was run by the government you never you know the certain conversations were not recorded it's ropey as hell so <clears throat> excuse me let's uh, i'm going to start with something nice and simple which is um so like one of the biggest things which makes me chuckle right is a 767 was supposedly travelling at 583 miles per hour and to hit the tower at sea level, um, except it's impossible for a standard 767 to do that at sea level as it would come apart. Uh, plus, a standard 677 can't even get to that speed at that level because the air is thicker at sea level and the engines cannot drive the required volume of air through them to achieve that speed. Which means once you know that, there is no way that a standard 767 plane crashed into those towers, which means the official story falls apart. Even before you get to the uh, World Trade Center building, which wasn't hit, falling, uh, the World, was it World Trade Center 7 yeah. falling, or the BBC announcing that it had collapsed before, like half hour before it collapsed. Yeah, 20 minutes or the, before. Or knowing that Bin Laden was to blame before there was any sort of investigation or the engineers or, you know, the numerous documentaries which pull up all these bits of things which don't add up. That information, that factual information about the plane makes the official story impossible. So to me, regardless of what you believe about everything else, and like I've got a bit of a why I believe quite a wild theory about how the buildings collapsed based on some documentaries and some papers that I've read about it. And I don't want to go into it now because I want to go through other stuff before we get there. But that's facts. That's not like that's not my opinion. That's not um like some conspiracy theorist who's made a documentary on YouTube. That's not his opinion. That's facts about those planes. And I just, that really, it really, like, I'm at this point now, it just makes me laugh because it is so, you know, it's just so preposterous that people, they're still, like, trying to sell this bullshit story. Can, can I just ask something, though? Yeah. <clears throat> with, with things like that, I know they have all the computer simulations that work and all out, etc., Mm-hmm. Are they one hundred percent accurate, guaranteed? Well, yeah, because the the plane, the way the materials they're made from, wouldn't be able to withstand that speed at that that level, the like the air pressure and stuff. So they would come apart anyway. And I, even if that one in a million chance that it would didn't come apart for this one time, the engines 
and not capable of pushing the air through to get to that speed. So they're either lying about the type of plane, they're lying about the speed that it was coming in at. Do you know what I mean? There's you can't have it both ways. If it's a standard seven six seven, then the rest of it's bullshit. And if it's not a standard six seven uh, seven six seven, where were the passengers? Why did you tell us it was a standard six seven seven uh, seven six seven? And if it wasn't a standard seven six seven, why the hell was there some specially designed plane crashed into the twin towers? Do you know what I mean? What if it was a plane? Carrying a whole load of secret people who we weren't allowed to know about, which is why they came up with that story. What if the 27 Club were on the plane? Yeah, that's where they've all gone. That's where they've all gone, mate. They stuck them all on a plane and just... I, I can't even come up with a good argument here to be devil's advocate, mate. I'm just... I'm just... Well, that's why I wanted to bring that bit up first, because... You know, some of the stuff which we're going to discuss, some people will say, oh, that's opinion, or, you know, you don't know that for definite, or whatever. But I, so, I first heard that in a documentary by, guess who, Richard Hall. However, I went and checked it on different websites. I went and checked it on, like, um, let's see if I can find the website. It was like a, like a website, uh, website which was, tells you all the specs of different planes, what's their top speed, what engines they've got. So I try, like, I'm not pretending that I know the ins and outs of planes, but I tried to check the information as best I could understand it. Yeah. And it, it all matches up. So it's like, right, okay, that's a big red flag straight away. So, okay, going to get all, we're going to go, I think we're going to end up jumping all over the place anyway, aren't we? Um, yeah. So one of the issues I've got is where I say, or one of the theories I've got, what if that it wasn't a standard 767 plane? So one of my early theories a few years ago was that maybe it wasn't a plane at all. It was like a, some sort of drone. An unmanned uh, drone. Yeah, and it was like sort of either like had some type of holographic technology attached to it to make it look like a plane or more likely it was just a drone which was made up because there's like in some of the videos you can see like an extra bit at the bottom which doesn't look like it should be there and doesn't look like it's there on a normal 767 carrier so one of my theories is that maybe all right what if it was a drone so the reason it was able to get to those speeds because you know the speeds are if you accept that a plane hit the towers and you go by the videos and you work out the mathematics behind it, the speeds are not really up for debate because they were witnessed by people, they've been recorded and worked out, you know, on various, using all of different video and stuff, which makes me think, right, okay, so if the speeds are not being lied about, then it's got to be the plane that's being lied about. So what if it's... What if it was an empty plane? Okay. Um, it was, I was going to say radio controlled, but you know what I mean? It was automated, being controlled yeah. from wherever. And it was crashed into the towers for whatever reason. There's, you know, numerous reasons it could be, whatever it may be. 
um, and there was no passengers on board. Obviously, that brings up a big issue in that what about all the people who were named as being on board? Um, which, you know, that is a big sort of uh, big big issue to get around because obviously from from what you can gather from interviews and what, you know, news reports and stuff, these people seem to be real. They seem to be, you know, there seems to be real families affected seems to be you know wives mothers children whatever it may be so it doesn't seem like they're sort of fictitious people on board so how assuming let's say for a second that it was some sort of drone and there wasn't people on there how do you get around the sort of the issue with the the passengers to start with yeah because there's no way even if it was the case you know all these people who were meant to be on that plane were kidnapped whatever it might be i can't see how they could have got around that unless in mid-air the planes were kind of swapped yeah now that's um, an interesting theory because they did lose contact with yeah they took the transponders off didn't they and they lost radio contact. So, you know, there is nothing to say they could have done that. It's relatively easy if they've got issues with the radars to switch out a plane. Um, you know, I don't think that's massively complicated to do. Um, would I put it past the government to kill however many people were on those planes? No, I wouldn't at all. No. I would not for them to just land it when they switch the planes in midair land it some you know some military airbase um and you know make them make them do their phone calls as if they're in the air make them you know say like a gunpoint i, you I, sort of say, I don't think, we could do that. I do don't think the... that's the case i think all them calls so, were made midday you know you you can yeah. hear the terror and genuine oh yeah the and if you could held at gunpoint, you'd be terrified, wouldn't you? You would, but you can hear the, the genuineness in their voices. Yeah, of course. And I think um, someone somewhere would have tried to leave some sort of uh, like clue, wouldn't you? Like you tried to say something, which, like if you were saying goodbye to someone who knew you really well, like a husband or a mother, you try and slip in like a sentence which didn't fit to sort of let them know that you were under definitely duress or something. so i i agree i think those phone calls were made from the plane i think then they could have done it before a switch if there was a switch okay um obviously there's a shitload of conspiracy theories about 9-11 that go from the planning to the execution against you know from people high up in government not just in the us but worldwide um, other than in addition to al-Qaeda or terrorists, including, you know, there's rumours about Israel and the UK and, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, government, just, just threw my microphone across the room. Uh, the government investigations, independent reviews have rejected those theories. But obviously, all these independent reviews are being perpetrated by the government which makes it very difficult to sort out 
what can be believed and what can't be believed. Um, but all these so many conspiracy theories has uh, formed what's now sort of referred to as this the truth movement, which, in my opinion, is an absolute minefield in itself, because I feel like some people within that movement are actually there to sort of undermine it, derail it, and take it in certain directions that it gets written off as, or oh, they're just crazy conspiracy theorists, rather than people who are genuinely concerned and on a quest for the truth. <clears throat> totally. And, and I mean, you know, governments have been infiltrating groups, like whether it's the right wing or the left wing or uh, like places like the IRA or Combat 18 in the 70s and 80s. They've always had like, uh, you know, like Secret Service people, uh, not Secret Service, Special Forces or, you know, MI5, CIA. They always put people in these groups to try and control them and to take them in the direction that they want them to go. 100%. So I don't think that's like a major stretch, is it? One hundred percent, mate. So yeah, I I don't tend to like there's you know there's loads of websites like nine eleven for truth and this and that. The only one I tend to pay a lot of attention to is the ones uh, the uh, what's it called architects and engineers yeah. for nine eleven truth or something along those lines because they're professional people who are telling you, look, these buildings, they couldn't have collapsed like that from that. They shouldn't have just disintegrated into nothing because they were steel beams. The jet fuel would have burned out. And once that jet fuel was gone, there was not enough temperature to melt steel the way that those things disappeared. And if you see some of the pictures from above, like after everything's collapsed. They haven't just collapsed into like a big, huge pile of rubble. They've just gone. There's nothing there. Yeah. It's just like some dust and bits. But but you do find one of the terrorists' perfect little passport with a little burnt uh, page. <laughs> you know, such lucky, isn't it? Gosh. Um, Maybe some stern stuff than pass- passports, mate. Yeah, fucking hell, you know, you know, steel beams, they couldn't make it, but passport, which you needed, oof, that was it. Black boxes, which are made to withstand all sorts, um, I think including like bombs and things like this, specifically so you can find out what happened. Oh no, they were damaged, so you couldn't listen to the data, but passport. No, no worries, man. Intact. All right. Intact. Like the, the corner was burnt, wasn't it? If I'm yes. Oh, yeah. So, since the attacks, the variety of conspiracy have been put forward in websites, books, documentaries, films, uh, many groups and individuals advocating for 9-11 conspiracies identify as part of that 9-11 truth movement, but also a lot of them have separated themselves from it for the reasons which I mentioned. Within six hours of the attack, <clears throat> um, there were suggestions on internet chat rooms suggesting that the towers 
looked like either an act of controlled demolition or something didn't feel right in the way that they just collapsed like that. So for an example, there was a skyscraper, um, where was it? <clears throat> it was in South America somewhere, I forget where exactly. A skyscraper got hit by a plane. Uh, it burned for, I think it was three days. It was on fire for three days. It did not collapse. It did not crumble into nothing. And it was repaired and it's still intact today. Yet these huge towers, which were made to withstand being hit by a plane, burned, crumbled, collapsed in under 12 hours. For the first time ever, and it's never happened since. <laughs> it's just never ending, mate. The, 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 like the, the list of stuff which is just doesn't make sense. So the first elaborated theories appeared in Europe about a week after the attacks. The, the sort of inside job theory was subjective theses and research. Uh, particularly by this guy from France, from France. Uh, he was from the National Centre for Scientific Research in the Mont. There was a German one as well, wasn't there? Yeah, this German guy. And um, while these theories were popular in Europe, they were treated by the the US media at that point with like bafflement, amusement, ridicule, um, and they were dismissed by the US government as part of anti-Americanism, which. It's just, and then, and that's what they used 9-11 for straight away, wasn't it? It was like, God bless America, blah, 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 just constantly in your face. So George Bush actually denounced the emergence of uh, cons outrageous conspiracy theories that attempt to shift the blame from away from the terrorists themselves and away from the guilty. So the, the president of the United States actually addressed them quite early on. That was on the November the 10th, 2001. So you're talking like two months later, he addressed them, which shows you how quickly they became a thing. Like straight away, people thought, oh, something doesn't seem right. Um, so the most prominent conspiracy theories can be sort of broadly divided into like three main groups, which is the let it happen on purpose group, which is like suggests the key individuals within the government had at least some sort of foreknowledge of the attacks, deliberately ignored it or actively weakened the United States defenses to ensure that the hijacked flights were not intercepted. Um, and similar allegations were actually made about Pearl Harbor um, and there's another comparison I'll make to Pearl Harbor, actually, in a minute. Um, so the next group, then, is the make it, made it happen on purpose, which is that key individuals within the government planned the attacks, collaborated with or framed al-Qaeda in carrying them out. Uh, there's a range of opinions about how this might have been achieved. And then you've got others who reject the accepted account of September 11 attacks uh, and not proposing specific theories, but try to demonstrate that the US government's account of events is wrong. Uh, this, according to them, would lead to a general call for a new official investigation. 
um, according to the managing editor of the Canadian newspaper, the National Post. Uh, he was also the author of uh, Among the Truthers, a journey through Americans, America's growing conspiracist, the official theory of 9-11 uh, is wrong. And then when everybody is convinced, the population will rise up and demand a new investigation with government resources and that investigation will actually tell us what happened. So even though people will try and tell you or just conspiracy theories, there is a growing number of mainstream, um, I wouldn't say publications, where like it's newspapers call in for it, but there is voices within sort of mainstream TV and media who are getting on board with questioning it, if, even if they don't perhaps get on board with certain theories, they do feel that there's something not quite right. Yeah. It's, no one in their right mind can say, no, this all seems legit, it was just a terrorist attack. Nobody. Yeah. I just don't... I. And I, I, I haven't spoken to anyone in a very long time who's like, oh, yeah, no, that's exactly how it happened. You know, there's always some sort of question or they'll say, oh, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me that they were able to control all those people with box cutters or, you know, why didn't they just shoot them out of the sky, which is what they would do. Nine times out of ten. That is, that's my main argument. There is no way on this earth America's defence would have let this happen. No way. No. So let me ask you a question. Why is it that when 9-11 was taking place, there was a security drill, which meant that they didn't shoot them out of the sky because they were doing a, a, drill, a live drill drill within using the radars and stuff and they thought that this terrorist plane or the plane which was taken by terrorists was part of the drill and there was confusion and that's why they didn't shoot it down but also when 7-7 in London took place there was a drill going on where they were in the live drill exact same stations and buses in uh, the tube and the buses that got blown up, they were doing a drill which was exactly the same venues um, at exactly the same time. Crazy. Why do you think, do you think that is? I mean, you know, I'm all for coincidences, but it seems strange. There is no explanation, is there? It's just a coincidence, mate. You know what I need, mate, is I need that big red button which is just press it and it just says, Bullshit! <laughs> But it is, isn't it? It's like, and to me, that's like, like, why, why, why haven't people, like, why don't people just, why aren't they asking that question? You know, all right, maybe once. That's happened on loads of occasions. I'm not even, I'm not 100% sure. But you know, when the World Trade Center got bombed in, the, I think it was like the 90s? Yeah. Pretty sure there was some sort of drill on that day as well. So that, to me, I think that's what they use as like a cover and that's how they get the the sort of 
the people they need in the right places in the right places without having them then later show up on CCTV because they can say, oh, no, they were part of our drill. So, you know, you don't need to keep that. You don't need that. They're, they're part of the drill. They're nothing to do with the real thing. It's bullshit. Oh, what was the other one? The I think it was the Boston bombing, which oh, I, got, I wanted yeah. to do a show on that because that is ropey as hell as well. Um, it was drilled on that day as well. And it, come on. Someone asked the question, but we don't have real journalists anymore, unfortunately. Okay. We do. They just seem to have accidents quite a lot. Yeah. Every time there's one who gets gets something a bit juicy, they uh, they just seem to disappear. Mm. Strange, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Must be that so suspected inside again. train. What's that? Must Say be that again. coincidence. It's- Oh, I yeah, know. There's lots of them, no? Lots of coincidences. Like the 9-11, there's uh, it's like several thousand coincidences all over the place, all yeah. on the same day. It's bizarre. So some, some conspiracy theorists maintain that just before 9-11, there was an extraordinary amount of uh, options and stock options bought, uh, placed, and they were placed on United Airlines, American Airlines stock, so they'd sort of sold it, and the the companies within the World Trade Center also, um, and they speculate that insiders knew in advance of something going on on 9-11, so they placed their, their bets and their stock accordingly. Um, analysis into this possibility of insider trading uh, on 9-11 concludes that, uh, so this is a quote from the Journal of Business, by uh, someone called Alan Postman um, from the Journal of Business. And he says, uh, a measure of abnormal long put volume was also examined and seen to be abnormally high levels in the days leading up to the attacks. Coincidentally, uh, sorry, consequently, the paper concludes that there is evidence of unusual option market activity in the days leading up to September 11th that is consistent with investors trading on advanced knowledge of the attacks so that is from a study done by the journal of business which is telling you yeah there was people who knew and they did their stocks accordingly so again like the thing i said with the plane like that's pretty strong indication that something's not right there's something going on, whether one of these conspiracy theories is right or whether they just let it happen for whatever reason. There's something more to it. So why, why, why aren't people asking these questions? Because I can find this stuff on the Internet and in documentaries and, you know, whatever else, the business journal, the plain website. So why aren't, like, actual journalists from wherever doing it because there's already been the final investigation into it so no more can be said mate the government the government investigation by NIST independent yeah sorry I do apologize do apologize so it's like the thing is rich people are greedy you know generally 
yeah. and they want more money. So those I don't people think it's more money so much is power. Yeah, but th- those people who knew what was coming or knew something was coming, they couldn't resist. They yeah. couldn't resist. They didn't want to lose. Even if they perhaps weren't thinking, I'm going to make loads of money, they, they weren't willing to lose a load of money by the stock dropping massively with those airline companies and stuff. So they couldn't help themselves and offloaded it accordingly. Yeah. Mm. Coincidence. Uh, coincidence, yeah. I think it's we're like, going to use that word a lot tonight. Word of the day, mate. Word of the day. Co- coincidence. Jesus Christ, we're 40 minutes in already. Oof. We haven't scratched it. I know, I was going to say, only scratching the surface. Um, okay, so let's look at the the the, the air defence stand-down theory, which we just sort of touched on a bit. Um, so like a common claim among conspiracy theorists is that the uh, North American Aerospace Defence Command, which is uh, NORAD, issued a stand-down order, or they deliberately sc- scrambled the fighter jets late to allow the hijacked planes to reach their targets without interference. So basically, according to this theory, NORAD had the capability of locating and intercepting the planes on 9-11, which I don't think is, you know, that's not really up for debate. If they wanted to find them, they could have found them yeah. with their jets and their satellites and their whatever, transponders on or off, regardless. Uh, its failure to do so indicates that a government conspiracy to allow these attacks to occur. Uh, conspiracy theorist Mark R. Ellis uh, there's only one explanation for this uh, our air force was ordered to stand down one of the first actions taken by the hijackers on 9-11 was to turn off or disable each of the four onboard transponders uh, without these transponder signals to identify the planes tail number altitude speed the hijacked play airplanes would have only been blips among 4,500 other blips on the radar screens. However, they were aware that planes had been hijacked well before they hit the Twin Towers because I remember the, the news and oh, some planes have been hijacked. And as soon as those planes are hijacked, they order every all the other planes to ground and out of the areas. Yeah. So I don't buy that, that they, you know, this sort of explanation that, oh, they were just load, you know, just blips between thousands of other blips because everyone who wasn't hijacked was grounded or ordered out of the area of New York and stuff. And it's bullshit, mate. It's because all they would need to do is contact the phone at the NSA and say, oh, we've got passenger so-and-so on this flight. Can you trace their phone or the pilot or whatever, you know, whatever, the internet connection, which is on the plane. I remember seeing on one documentary, um, one plane got grounded in Alaska, I think it was, or Canada, apparently half hour before anyone knew there was a terrorist attack going on. Maybe it was just coincidence. I don't yeah, know. Something like this, mate. So then, on uh, on nine eleven, there was only fourteen fighter jets that were on alert 
in uh, in the contagious 48 states. Uh, there was no automated method for civilian air traffic controllers to alert NORAD and a passenger airline had not been hijacked in the USA since 1979. Uh, they had to pick up the phone and literally dial us, said the public affairs officer for NORAD. Uh, only one civilian plane, a chartered Learjet 35, which had golfer Payne Stewart and five others on board, was intercepted by NORAD uh, in the decade prior to 9 which took one 19 minutes. Um, <clears throat> so rules in effect at the time. I don't know if that means on the day or just at the time. I think it means at the time. Uh, on 9-11, barred supersonic flight on intercepts. Before 9-11, all other NORAD interceptions were limited to offshore air defense identification zones. Uh, until 9-11, there was no domestic uh, of these things, supposedly. Um, so they set up hotlines between command centers while NORAD increased its flighter coverage and installed radar to watch the airspace. <coughs> Do you know what that sounds like to me, mate? Apart from bullshit, it sounds like they, after 9-11, received a hefty increase in their budget to make everything top of the range and up or we just haven't got the capabilities we would have been able to stop it if we'd had these better systems and these better satellites. Please chuck us a couple of billion pounds so we can upgrade. That's what it sounds like. And allow us to look into the public a little bit more, please. Yeah. Let's spy, spy on some people some more. Okay. Here's an interesting bit for you. So, there's um, there was an American conspiracy theorist called William... Cooper, or known as Bill Cooper, okay? So he was a radio broadcaster and an author. Uh, he was best known for a book he wrote in 1991, which was a book called Behold a Pale Horse, in which he warned of multiple global conspiracies um, and aliens and things like this. He had a radio show. Um, on the 28th of June, 2001, on his radio prog program, The Hour of Time, uh, he warned that a major attack on the U.S. was planned and whatever they're going to do, they're going to blame it on Osama bin Laden. And he said, don't you believe it? They're, that's what they, you know, basically, that's what, that's what they, they were his words. But he was basically saying they're going to do something. They're going to blame it on him. They're putting the pieces in uh, place. They're getting him on the news in the, in the run up to it. And that's what they're going to do. And would you believe... Another coincidence, on the 5th of November, 2001, Mr. Cooper was killed by police, shot. Why was he shot by the police? Um, he was evading uh, an execution of an arrest warrant. Uh, according to the spokesman of the U.S. Marshals, he vowed that he would not be taken alive. But talk about coincidence. So he warned uh, of a major attack on the US, which would be blamed on Bin Laden in June of 2001. They then did it, or it then happened, if you like, if you don't want to say they did it. Uh, and then he was killed two months later. Uh, it's that word again, mate. 
it's either coincidence or it's some real shady shit, mate. And it's like, it's up to people what they think. And like, I'm trying to sort of just read the information and talk about the information. But like, it's, I'm sure it's clear to people that I think there is some real shady shit. And a lot of it is real bullshit. And like, I just, I, it frustrates me that it's not more well-known and it frustrates me that more people are not asking the questions. Um, and like that guy, you know, he was wise to it. How, you know, whether he, someone told him it or whether he just literally put it together himself, but he realized that they were putting Bin Laden on the TV constantly drumming it into people. Like we've it's, talked about before with the and go back to your question of why are people not asking questions? Yeah, it's a very good point, mate. He was gone. And, uh, like, you know, the police in America, mate, just, they, don't need, uh, they don't need an excuse to shoot you down either. So it's like... God, no. I don't think... I think it's even easier in America to... They want to take someone out. They just got to have the police pull them over, shoot them. <laughs> And say, oh, they were getting aggressive, or they reached for a gun. You know, job yeah. done. They ne- they never very rarely get prosecuted, or you even know, the when there's video evidence of him, mate, they're like, no, no. Yeah, he was just doing his job. He was in fear for his safety. That French baguette definitely looked like a bazooka. Yeah, the fact that I asked him to reach to his glove box and get his license and registration, it's got nothing to do with the fact that I thought he was reaching for his gun. In his glove box. Yeah. I told him to go to his glove box, but that's not the point. I feared for my safety. Yeah. Fucking corruption everywhere. Um, okay, so let's move towards the uh, the Pentagon. So there's security footage of Flight 77 hitting the Pentagon. Unfortunately, the Pentagon being one of the most uh, protected buildings in the world, CCTV covering every single inch of the place. We've only been able to get like a, the, the only video you get, I think, is about 15 seconds long, and it's not even a proper video. It's like um, it's like lots of photos back to back, rather than you know like a HD CCTV camera of a plane hitting the Pentagon. Um, there was barely and any. The Pentagon doesn't have loads of visitors outside with mobile phones who would have videoed it either, mate. No, and that's it, yeah, because no one can get close enough. And like, I even remember back in the day, like in the time quite soon afterwards, thinking, where's like all the bits of plane on the, you know, directly after the videos and stuff? There's like some debris on the floor, but there's no like, you know, like a plane seat or a, some part of the nose or, you know, just anything which you'd expect to see as plain debris. Bodies. Yeah, bodies. Or even, like, the hole in the building was, like, just looked nothing like what you'd expect. Um, and, of course, the biggest coincidence of all, um, I think it was, it might have even been the day before, or but certainly in the run-up to 9-11, the what's his name, Donald Rumsfeld announced that they'd lost something like, what was it, I think it was $3.2 trillion 
their to like black budgets or whatever they didn't know where it had gone and would you believe that the one part of the pentagon which got hit was the bit where all these files were kept which said where this money you know where they were going to investigate where this money had come from unfortunately all those files were destroyed where the plane hit apparently there was some backup files to them in something called building seven oh you're joking yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're still that's, there that's... or what's gone on, but you're joking. What yes. are you going to do with Jeez. two buildings in one day? How unlucky! I know. Oh, I'm sure they'll. Uh, I'm sure they'll find. They did follow this... the rule. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know they did keep them in two places. It's but... just unfortunate. Damn coincidence! Look what's happened. Hmm. Uh, Stan, I'm sure that, you know, that taxpayer money which went missing, I'm sure they made every effort to find out where it had gone. Oh, God, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't have just quietly, quietly pushed it under the rug and never spoke of it again. No, that no. would be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. So, what's your view on the Pentagon? Like, what, what do you think went on there? I think something hit the Pentagon, but there's no way it was a plane. No, I think I, I'm going for the unmanned drone for that one. I uh, see. I I actually think it was an air-to-surface missile which hit that one, because I don't know. The, the only thing that got me there was nobody. Like the shape of an unmanned drone could be a plane. You know, it could get mistaken. Mm. Nobody the... is. There's been no mention of somebody seeing a missile or a shape like that that's the only thing that puts me off that is i think it was a drone because it's shaped like a plane yeah possibly i just think the thing with it i think is that it's um there's not many witnesses to that one in terms of people who saw the impact i think there was like one or two people who sort of saw something but not and even those people you know they could be put there but- Around the gates of the Pentagon, don't it get like thousands of tourists going past per day? Oh, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I don't know. But I mean, so this political activist called Thierry Mason and a filmmaker called Dylan Avery. Dylan Avery, that sounds familiar. Um, claimed that uh, Flight 77 did not crash into the Pentagon. Instead, they argue that the Pentagon was hit by a missile launched by elements from inside the U.S. government. Uh, Some claim that the holes in the Pentagon walls were far too small to have been made by a Boeing 757. How does a plane which is 125 feet wide and 155 feet long fit into a hole which is only 60 feet across? (coughs) So, the one... One thing I would say about that hole is if you told me, if there was no 9-11 yeah. um, and the Twin Towers didn't get hit by a plane, then I believe that uh, that hole could be possible of 60 feet across because I would expect a plane, because of the materials that it's made, when it hits a solid building, it would disintegrate. And break off. I'd expect that the hole wouldn't be as wide because the wings would break rather than go cut through the building. So I wouldn't expect it to be 125 feet wide. 
However, earlier that day, you just showed me a video of a supposed standard 767 going into a building with the wings staying intact and cutting a perfect hole in this building in the shape of a plane. And that's through big, huge steel, you know, steel supports holding this massive skyscraper up. So you're telling me that it wouldn't have the same effect going into like a building with just windows without those huge supports? You can't have it both ways. It's like that thing again, isn't it? These are the things that crack me up. Like, whoever was behind this, you'd think, wow, genius. But then you see all these things and you think, seriously, how the fuck could they fuck this up so much? Yeah. Like, they did a really bad job of, like, getting everything to fit to their story. The only way I can look at this is it'll be like me taking Stevie Wonder to choose my wallpaper. <laughs> it's, it, it... Me and you could have sat down and come up with a better plan for this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's not like, it's not cohesive at all, is it? Like, there's just so many bits which don't fit. Um, and there's so many bits which contradict other bits. So, like you say, like I said, if, if say, just the Pentagon had been hit, and that hole was 60 feet or whatever, and it'd been hit by a plane that wide, I'd have said, yeah, well, of course, because the wings broke off. As long as the wings were on the lawn or, like, there, I'd be like, well, that makes sense. Even the wings yeah. not being there, you could think, yeah, the wings just smashed the smithereens. Yeah, yeah as long know. as the, the debris of the wings was there. I mean, like, you know, some evidence that there was wings of some sort, even if it's, like, just lots of little pieces. But, like, yeah. an hour earlier or whatever the time difference was, you've shown me this picture and this video over and over again of this perfect plane shape being cut into these steel beams. So it's like, you can't have it both ways. Let's this. Okay. Uh, Flight 93. Crash site. Uh, so the fourth plane hijacked on 9-11 was United Airlines 93. Um, and this is one I haven't looked into as much, but I have looked into a bit recently um, because obviously out of the four, it's like the, not the least well-known, but because it supposedly crashed in a field, it didn't have the same impact as the Twin Towers and the... And in my eyes, this should be the most well-known one because of the acts of the people on board. But, see, I've got a bit of an issue with this in that... So one of the theories around this is that um, the the state of the debris um, and how where it was found was that basically... Or should I say, the theory is that the hijackers um, hijacked it, but at some point the passengers on board realised that they weren't necessarily normal hijackers in terms of what I'm saying is the passengers on board realised that this wasn't like an Al-Qaeda attack. So the 
government or whoever was behind it ordered the Air Force to shoot down this flight because they couldn't let them land or they couldn't let them survive because they would sort of blow everything open. Um, and that's not, well, that's like a less well-known theory about that. I'm just trying to find the, uh, the bit I found, which I can't find now, which was backing that up. Uh, but, yeah, so the story is, the official story is that the, the passengers sort of overpowered the terrorists with box cutters. Now, to me, if I'm on board that plane, on any of those planes, and you've got like a group, a small group, because there's 19 in total on four planes with box cutters, and there's at least, at least, at least 75 people on those planes, uh, passengers, and you're telling me that a group of what, five or six maybe on each plane or whatever it works out as, can control all those people with box cutters doesn't make sense no because what would you do you you'd get together and you do what the people on flight was it 93 or something 77 um you do what they did wouldn't you you would you try overpower them and you yeah you'd have a go um so during the initial confusion surrounding the immediate aftermath of the 9-11 attacks the BBC published the names and identities of what they believed to be some of the hijackers. Some of the people named were later discovered to be alive, uh, a fact that was seized upon by conspiracy theorists as proof that the hijackings were faked. Uh, The BBC explains that the initial confusion may have arisen because the names they reported back in 2001 were common Arabic and Islamic names. In response to a request from the BBC, the FBI said it was confident to have identified all 19 hijackers and none of the other inquiries had raised doubt about their identities. Um, Because, you know, the BBC had a bad day when it came to 9-11. Oh, yeah. Real bad. Um, Yeah. So... There's the cockpit recorders for Flight 77, highly damaged from the impact resulted in fire. Uh, According to the 9-11 Commission report, both black boxes from Flight 77 and both boxes from Flight 93 were recovered. However, the, the one from Flight 77 was said to be too damaged to yield any data. Uh, on April 18, 2002, the FBI allowed their families from Flight 93 to listen to the recordings. And in April 2006, a transcript of the recording was released uh, as part of someone's trial. Um, two men, Michael Ballone and Nicholas DeMassi, who worked extensively in the World Trade, Trade Center wreckage, said in the book Behind the Scenes Ground Zero, that they helped federal agents find three of the four black boxes from the jetliners which hit the trade centers. At one point, I was assigned to take federal agents around the site to search for the black boxes from the planes. Uh, we were getting ready to go home 
and my ATV was parked at the top of the stairs at the Brooks Brothers entrance. We loaded up about a million dollars worth of equipment, strapped it to the ATV, and there were a total number of four black boxes. We found three. However, they have never been played, never been discussed. And in fact, I don't know if it's changed, but at one point, the official line was they never found them in uh, the, for the Trade Centre, which you need that red button again, because they're dis those boxes are designed to be found and designed to withstand all sorts of stuff. Yep. Um, so it's bullshit. Um, okay. So in 2006, uh, members of a group of scholars for 9-11 Truth argued that a group of U.S. neoconservatives called the Project for New American Century, which included Paul Wolfowitz, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, were set on U.S. world dominance and orchestrated the 9-11 attacks as an excuse to hit Iraq, Afghanistan and later Iran. In September 2000, the PNC released a strategic treatise entitled Rebuilding America's Defences. Uh, David Ray Griffin, in his book The New Pearl Harbour, Disturbing Questions About the Bush Administration and 9-11, argued that these treaties may have been a blueprint for the 9-11 attacks, specifically the language in the paper that read, the process of transformation, even if it brings a revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one, absent of some catastrophic or catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. Um, so that was said by these people, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld, uh, in September 2000, uh, said that they would not be able to get America's defenses rebuilt and where they would be and transform them to where they need to be unless there was some sort of catastrophic or catalyzing event like the New Pearl Harbor. And would you believe it, as luck would have it, less than he got exactly a year later, they had their catastrophic event and they transformed America's defenses, but also America's laws on how they detain people and how they're able to detain people. Because, of course, now, they're, since 9-11, they're able to detain people under the, is it the Terrorist Act. Terrorism uh, Act. And they don't need to give you a lawyer. They don't need to give you a phone call. They don't need to tell you where you're going. They no rights whatsoever. Yeah, which is a scary, scary thing. Because if they charge you under that, even if you're not involved in they don't even need to prove it. It just needs to be, they suspect you of it. Yeah. Which is, to me, is uh, that's a worrying uh, thing. And, of course, it was brought, there was something similar brought into the UK uh, after 7-7. It's scary. So, it is really it's frightening, mate, that they've got that much power that they could do stuff like that and they could just whip you off the street not tell your family, not tell anyone, and you could just be gone, and there's nothing you could do about it, unless you're with someone who sees you get taken, 
What are you going to do? Crazy, isn't it? Legal kidnapping. Frightening stuff. Okay, so of course, the BBC announced that uh, before World Trade Center 7 collapsed, the BBC reported on their news 23 minutes before that it had actually fallen. Uh, and when they announced it, the video, so they do like the green screen, don't they, where they've got the reporter and then they had the Twin Towers on fire and in the background. And of course, World Trade Center 7 is there in the picture. And it's like, so obviously conspiracy theorists or just people who've got any sort of common sense believe that, you know, the UK or the BBC was aware that they were these attacks and these things were happening before, uh, you know, before they happened. Um, so with that, what do we think about World Trade Center 7? Do you buy the official story that it got damaged by falling debris and then that's what caused it to collapse? I buy that it got damaged. <laughs> uh, that's the one I believe got... Um, what's it called? Controlled demolition. That's the one I believe because I think it had stuff in it which they wanted rid, rid of. Um, and... I don't think that one was so much controlled demolition. It was more controlled fire to make sure everything inside it burned before it came down. Yeah, but there was no reason for it to come down. It didn't get hit by a plane. It didn't get hit by enough debris to for a building to collapse. No, but what I mean is if they'd have just brought it down on its own, there was a they chance they could have found the paperwork and things in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree that they probably... You know, there would have been fires in the relevant places and where they needed them to be. But for those buildings to fall in their own footprint in the way they did, to me, there's only two things which can do that. And that one is a controlled demolition. And one is Dr. Julie Wood, Judy Wood's uh, theory about what happened, which I'm going to get into in a minute, which is a bit, people might find it a bit like uh, a bit wild. Uh, I believe it probably happened, even though it's a bit like slightly out there. Um, but to me, there's only two explanations. The word, the reason I lean towards her sort of theory over controlled demolition is they look like controlled demolitions, the way they come down in their own footprint. Because if a building collapses through damage, it topples. Yeah. Where one side is damaged and is the weight takes it over they didn't they all just went straight down and i think the reason i don't think controlled demolition especially for the main two towers is there was not enough rubble when they all settled you're talking these massive huge skyscrapers so i'm expecting a shitload of rubble like higher you know high as a building type yeah. rubble, just simply because of the the sheer level of the um, you know, the materials involved in a building that size. Um, okay, so are you familiar with Dr. Julie, Judy Wood, mate? No. Okay, so she's a professor in mechanical engineering, uh, civil engineering, structural engineering, physics. She's a very, very intelligent lady with lots of qualifications. Um, 
she started to question the events of 9-11 on the day because what she she said when what she saw and heard on television regarding the reason for the collapse of the buildings she knew couldn't be true uh so from that day Hang on, was she the woman who did her thesis on the 9-11 buildings uh, she may well have done that. It wouldn't surprise me because she's I got those. I think I know. Yeah. I've no other then. Uh, trust me, when I get into what she thinks, you'll know. You either know or you won't. Just because no one else, really, or, you know, other people have sort of got behind her, but no one else was saying this. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So she basically, with her knowledge of structures and mechanics and stuff, straight away sort of knew it couldn't have happened that way uh, so she went to work researching and looking into different things um so to cut a long story short she believes that they used um a secret technology which is um called i'm trying to find the, the name she uses but basically it's like a <clears throat> kinetic energy weapon which turns solid matter to dust. Um, and she's got like um, a load of different theories. And one of them, one of the bits of things which she uses is the seismic uh, measurements of when those buildings collapsed would not what you'd expect. So obviously if a building that size collapses, there would be a huge seismic reading yeah as it sort of shook and then collapsed there wasn't barely a blip to what you'd expect obviously that's not to say just that but that's a big you know that's a big issue that why isn't there a big seismic shift when these buildings have gone down um so the twin towers est together estimated three thirty thousand computers 50,000 workers, 45,000 filing cabinets. Um, I reported, it's reported that 200 complete bodies were recovered out of nearly 3,000 victims, uh, which is about 1 15th. Uh, at the same time, you'd expect 3,000 filing cabinets of the 45,000 should have survived in some level of intactness. Uh, yeah, only one shrunken firing cabinet was reportedly found. Uh, aluminium cladding and paper lay in the street where there is, where, but where's the steel? There was no, uh, you know, the steel, uh, what they called support beams, if you like, which went all through the building, didn't they? They were like, there was some in the middle, there was some on the corners, you know, there was there everywhere. They disappeared, but there was paper and aluminium left why wasn't and the paper wasn't on fire which obviously if there's been all this jet fuel jet fuel uh burning and there's fires throughout all these buildings to make them collapse you'd expect paper to be long gone and on fire um so she describes it as dustification because if you look at the videos of when they collapse you don't see much rubble falling it just literally cut, turns to dust as it falls. Yeah. And if you watch it in slow motion, it literally does turn to dust. Um, and then 
in the streets around the buildings there's all the cars are melted but they're not melted like with burns and like charred they're just melted out of shape which again if you're telling telling us that fires caused all these things um where's the fire yeah obviously now i'm not like i'm nowhere near the level of intelligence that this lady is um so i don't understand like the the technology that she's saying is being used i i remember reading about a weapon like this years ago mate oh yeah and she in she's done like a few papers on 9-11 and on these weapons um and it these these sorts of weapons were born in the star wars program which was in the 80s i think maybe even earlier um and even um on one of the episodes of Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theories, um, they covered like this sort of stuff, and they actually showed some of the Tesla, um, some of the damage you could do with a Tesla coil by just changing, you know, little aspects of it and stuff. And of course, Tesla was. They reckon that um, Nikola Tesla created zero point energy, which would have meant free energy for the world. Um, and then they basically disappeared all his work, took all his work off yeah. him, and he disappeared. And then you had other scientists come to fruition, and the zero-point energy was never found. But the, as the conspiracy theories go, is that these the zero-point energy is behind a lot of the secret technology yeah. uh, that the government have got. Well, they say we've had fuel cell, fuel cell technology for about 50 years now. As in a tiny little inch big fuel cell could like run your car for a week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I believe it to be totally true, mate. I reckon we're way beyond ten years ahead of ourselves with certain things. Oh yeah, and I think like the thing which gets me with this weapon is they could use it in plain sight. People wouldn't have a clue. No. Like, it's taken this woman years to sort of research it and try and look at it and work it out. And, you know, even now, it's a theory that she's basing on her knowledge and research and understanding of certain things. But a lot of people take a step back from it because it sounds a bit out there. Because there's no, like, there's no proof that these weapons exist. It's not like an AK, you know, a tank or an AK-47 or a con- controlled demolition. Um, so it's a weird one. I, but having listened to her speak and having read some of her stuff, I I do kind of lean towards it a bit. And I think maybe the biggest part of it, which leans me towards it, is the way the cars were all disshapen and melted, and the um, the paper not being on meetings for the time the buildings collapsed. To me, that's quite a big thing. It's, there's so many different things with this. You could, it, there's no evidence that really shows it was just a terrorist attack. 
when there's like 95% worth of evidence that shows it wasn't. Yeah. It's, uh... This is more like the conspiracy theory should actually be that it was a terrorist attack. Yeah. There's more evidence to say it wasn't than there is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and we have, like, we've been going like an hour and 20 minutes now. And we haven't even, like, there's so much more that we could go into. And obviously, I don't want to do like a three hour podcast and stuff. So we've sort of tried to gloss through and what go through some of the, the bigger points. I don't know, mate. Because 9-11's massive. We haven't even spoke about who and why. That's, that's, that's an episode true. on its own. Yeah, I think maybe perhaps for part two, we should do, instead of doing like just 9-11 part two, we should go through, like go call it 9-11, who and why. Yeah, because that, that's, right. that's an episode on its own. Yeah. It certainly is. So one of the other things which she goes into is, um, or one of the issues she's got is after 9-11, they said that they shipped all the steel to China. They loaded it onto barges and it was sent to China to be melted down. Only there's no pictures of it. There's no video of it. It was done overnight in one night. Um, that's a lot of steel to be... If you're telling me, right, say there's no energy weapon and it was... Whether it was brought down by explosives or it just collapsed. Two skyscrapers and WTC7, that's a lot of materials to get you rid of. You not do it in one night, mate. Overnight. Yeah, you couldn't. It's impossible. And it's gone to China. Yeah, you you were talking nice. thousands of tons. There is no way on this earth it could be done. Sure. You think even with the biggest of their lorries, each one of them is only carrying about 40, 50 tons maximum. How many different lorries would it take to carry thousands of tons at that rate? It's oh, impossible. Absolutely. Logistically, it is impossible. And, and obviously, apart from the shipping it away, like, it just wasn't on the ground. If you look at the pictures from it, It's above, not just that, mate. It. If there was metal that come out of that place, people would have got hold of it and it would still be being sold today on eBay. Yeah. People, I know it's horrible to say, but people would be What's buying it? it as their memento, you know, I've got a piece of this. Yeah. And if it's not on the ground, where did it go? Is my question. Because there's no, there's no explanation where it could just disappear, is there? It's, you can't explain it, can you? It's, That's so weird. There's no, there is no rational explanation of it. Like, even if it was controlled demolition, whatever it might be, it's steel. Yes, yeah, weird. So Even if it was melted, it would solidify again. Yeah. You know, the floor would be covered in steel. You know, when they say, you know, the city's paved with gold, it would have been paved with steel. Been everywhere, wouldn't it? So even the melting, that's not an answer. 
the steel disappeared. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to just quickly go by some of the things that I believe, or some of the conspiracy theories that I believe to be true surrounding 9-11. The Twin Towers and WTC-7 were brought down by explosives or this energy weapon and they didn't collapse from catastrophic fires or being hit by planes or anything like that um i believe that the pentagon was hit by a missile not a plane i believe that uh united airlines 93 i don't know if i believe that it was shot down but i believe that there's more to it than what they've said um i'm not quite sure what though so uh, i found the bit i was looking for actually about night flight 93 so it says as with the pentagon attack the conspiracy theorists state that the little amount of plane wreckage was discovered in the field and the crash site was too small for an airline of that small the lack of bodies again was an issue uh, arguing that the plane was shot down by military and so it disintegrated over a larger area. Um, and I think that was a big thing, actually, for, for for the two away from the towers, was the lack of bodies. I know it sounds horrible. No, like... it's spot on, mate, because even them saying, even the spread out over a wider area, I, I don't even buy that one because the bodies would have still been found or more well, of I them think, would have been found. Yeah, I think what they were saying is that it was shot down so it disintegrated and the bodies were just sort of destroyed by the missile or whatever. But I mean, I guess you'd still expect to be... And with that, I think it would be very difficult for them to control... The thing is, you think of what type of bomb would or missile would have been needed to disintegrate so many bodies. People would have seen that go off in the sky unless it's a weapon we've never seen or heard of. Yeah. Which brings you back to, like, secret technologies, which we were just talking about. Um, I believe that the US government knew about the attacks beforehand. I believe that they, even if the actual government officially weren't behind it, I believe that there was people within the government who orchestrated it without totally. doubt um the there was insiders who knew about the attacks obviously with the insider trading and alike um obviously i mentioned the the plane and the engine and the speed being just incomprehensible impossible factually impossible um and then you've got the bbc thing and you've got the passport just presenting itself nice and tidy and i believe that happened at seven seven as well i'm not 100 sure though um look there's so many inconsistencies with the um, and in my opinion there's more than enough doubt to have a real legitimate investigation of the whole thing not a fake one by nist or by one like the u it needs to be by I, I don't even know who it should be by, but it needs to be independent. 
where people can look at the evidence, they can look at everything, they can investigate, they can question people. And if those people weren't asked to answer the questions, then they get arrested and they get forced to answer the questions. And then because the people who did die deserve to die, have, know the truth of why they died. Real people died terrible deaths that day. You know, some people were jumping off the Twin Towers because jumping was more preferable than burning alive or being in a collapsing building. Those people deserve, and their families deserve the truth. And the people behind those atrocities and everything around it should be held fully responsible. And I'll never stop saying that. And if I do, it's because I've been threatened, just so everyone knows. I, I totally agree, mate. Like, I don't, the truth will never be found out now. There's been too much twisted and turned. It'd just be nice to know the reason. You know, we've got our own ideas, but that's what needs to come out. The who and the why. Yeah, and I think um, we'll do, um, so that I think maybe the next Conspiracy Theory show we'll do is, oh, actually, do you know what we'll do? We won't do it the next one. We'll do it for episode 11. So this is episode yeah. 9. We'll do a different one next week, and then we'll do part 2, episode 11. It won't be as long as this, but we'll look into some of the rumours and the... You say that uh, now. Theories, yeah, say that. Now. If you haven't looked into that side of it, mate, there's so much more evidence of who and why to match up with, like, what went wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I say it'll be shorter. It probably won't end up being shorter, but we'll do that episode 11. So then we've got the two episodes, 9 and 11. There you go. That'll work out um, nicely. So we'll be back for that. Um and next week, we will be back to shoot the shit about another conspiracy theory, uh, as well as some serial killer stuff. And I've got some other shows. I've got a show with MMA journalist James Lynch coming out next week. Nice. And it's going to be good shit. Um, thank you for joining me, mate. appreciate it. It's a long one, hour and a half. Not too bad, though. Could have gone longer, really, but I think if we're going to break it into two, an hour and a half's good, good, yeah. uh, good length. Uh, anything you want to add? Nothing yet, mate. Can't wait for the next episode. It's going to be good shit, mate. It's always fun. Always a fun time. Uh, thank you for joining us, guys. Listen to us. Uh, shoot the shit and talk about stuff that other people maybe don't want to talk about. Give us, give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation. Follow us on YouTube, uh, com uh, slash C slash Ace Podcast Nation. Look out for the next edition of the Serial Killer Show next week. Uh, we've got another film and TV show coming up soon where we're going to review the TV show Chernobyl, Chernobyl among other things. Uh, thank you, Reese. Thank you, mate. Always a pleasure. And I just want to say, if anyone wants to chuck us a couple of million pounds, we'll happily do our own independent investigation. Absolutely. You know, we'll travel to America, we'll interview the right people, we'll ask the right questions, and we'll, we'll probably get shot for it, so, you know, come on. Yeah, we'll film it, though, as well, so we can yeah. put, it out on, uh, put it out on YouTube as well. Live you know? filming. 
Absolutely. Right, thanks guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.